All right, man, this is episode number 73 of the Cozy Corner of Cinema. This is being recorded on Sunday, August 20th, 2023 at 3.34 p.m. on a beautiful sunny day out. You can hear the lawnmowers outside, the cats are lounging in the sun, it's a nice warm breeze in the air, not too hot, not too cool, perfect t-shirt weather, perfect driving weather to uh, drive with the windows rolled down, you listen to your favorite songs, you're listening to... Maybe a podcast or an audio book, or maybe you want to just drive in silence and enjoy the atmosphere around, or listen to the radio, you know, expose yourself to new sounds that you wouldn't normally be familiar with, much in the same way that you watch a film like American Graffiti or Days and Confused of these characters driving around with the various songs of the night, uh, songs that maybe perhaps one wouldn't specifically tune into, but, you know, they put on the radio and it is out of their control and the sound track of the radio puts forth their adventure adventure ahead every day there's there are many many things to do there is much to get done and we must all organize ourselves in a way that helps us get the job done man i tell you you know uh, i had some writing that i needed to get done by a deadline so you better believe i was focused on that you know we got it done got it uh, thoroughly edited and submitted right before the deadline and I was able to go to the cinema and get that off my back and worry about the next writing that must be accomplished and when I say worry I don't mean like I'm sitting there like scared or something I mean all right that's out of the way now I can go on to the next bit and so on and so forth and speaking of the cinema I'll briefly talk about the new Ira Sachs film that is out in limited cinemas now, distributed by Mubi, who always um, pick up very interesting titles. Uh, they're, they, I think they, they distribute certain titles uh, specifically in the UK and then uh, some in the US. I'm thinking back to, uh, thinking like Close, which came out in the US earlier this year, which was a French film um, that. I believe A24 distributed here, but Mubi have a Blu-ray overseas. And um, if that does get a Blu-ray from A24, it won't be for a little while. Um, and it'll probably be one of their special editions, much in the same way as a, another title like After Sun, which um, I believe also was distributed by A24 in the United States. And that has a Mubi Blu-ray from the UK, which is the edition that I have. But the film that they distributed here in America, and I imagine will probably get, um, probably come to their streaming service sooner than later, perhaps in the next month or two, uh, should you keep an eye on it, is the new Iris Sachs film, Passages. Uh, this has been getting a lot of talk. Um, this is a new drama starring Franz Rogowski, Adele, uh, X, let me pull up her name. I always forget what her last name is. Exarchopolis and Ben Winshaw. I remember hearing about this about a year or so ago um, because uh, Ben Winshaw is an actor I'm not as familiar with, but uh, Franz Rogowski and Adele Exarchopolis uh, are two of the, I, I find two of the most interesting actors working right now. I think their choices of films and even the way that they act in these films, it's something that both of them have a charisma that is uniquely their own. 
and they mesh together very well here. This is, you know, I've said before, I think 2023 is such a terrific year for just so many good films. Now, I can't speak to the um, contemporary kind of uh, nauseating Hollywood films, um, you know, the loud, bombastic ones, Uh, but I have seen a few solid Hollywood films this year. I've mentioned before uh, my enjoyment of the new Indiana Jones film, I, I really enjoyed the new Mission Impossible film, and of course Oppenheimer, which I think is one of the one of the best films of the year so far. It's just a complete and total masterclass of filmmaking. But there's been so many great films this year, like I've mentioned before, showing up, uh, Blackberry, One Fine Morning, The Innocent, A Fire, and Passages. Uh, a Past Lives is also a, a really terrific film, and Passages well, is one of uh, my favorite films I've seen this year. This is a, a, a film that is, you know, I just really love these kinds of character dramas. Like, even earlier, you know, other films this year, films like One Fine Morning or Past Lives, just these really, really great uh, moral ambiguity dramas for adults. You know, there is no spectacle there. It does not dumb itself down. These are adults with adult issues and deal with it in their own ways. That makes for far, far more interesting cinema than any kind of nauseating, explosive, uh, uh, just, just loud, you know, cinema. And those are fine in their own right. I'm obviously not comparing to completely different kinds of films. That would be ridiculous and, and, Pointless. It's like comparing a, an avant-garde film to, you know, a, a giant studio film. You just can't uh, uh, do that. Uh, if you do do that, then you're you're gonna be at some bizarre uh, uh, conclusions. But this is a solid film. You have two leads here. Well, I guess the the primary lead would be Franz Rogalski's character. He plays this character. Oh, what the hell's his name? He plays the character Thomas who's in a relationship with Ben Winshaw, who we've seen earlier this year. Uh, he had a small part in Sarah Pauly's new film, Women Talking. He had a small but very memorable and important role, but he's also been in plenty of other films, The Lobster, um, Cloud Atlas. He was in the, which I didn't even realize, he was in the recent James Bond films um, playing the character Q, and I have not seen the last two James Bond films, but I do remember him from Skyfall. Uh, back in 2012. But he's been in many films, but right at the start of the film, we see that these two characters are already in a troublesome relationship as is, and that's where a lot of the film kind of kind of gets a lot of strong character ratings from, is that you have a push and pull of this relationship between these two, and it gets complicated when Thomas starts to fall in love with uh, Adele Exarchopolis's character, Agat, and one night they're at a club dancing, and they go back to her house, um, engage physically with one another. Uh, Thomas is very upfront; he's he's uh, he, he wants to have a very kind of open relationship, something that Martin is not very on board with, and the problems that come with their relationship, the push and pull of primarily Thomas and Martin's relationship. There are some moments when Martin wants to be with Thomas, and Thomas really kind of resists him uh, in a way that they don't have to uh, um, do a lot of dialogue for. It's just in the way the characters act. There's one sequence um, that really kind of says it all, where they're uh, lying in bed together. I forgot. I think they were away somewhere at a cabin or something like that. 
Martin gets in the bed nude to engage physically with Thomas, but Thomas is really makes no comments. He doesn't even look at him. He's reading his book. There's moments of silence. The two say nothing, and then Martin just turns off his light and goes to bed, says goodnight, and goes to bed, and that's all you need. And there's other moments where Martin really wants nothing to do with Thomas. He's really kind of sick of him and his uh, uh, inconsistencies, and Thomas is very forthright. He's very persistent, wants to be with him, shows up unannounced to Martin's frustration. And I also want to say another actor who, who has a small part in the film, a small but very important part, because there are no small parts in films. Every film is a, is a cog in the machine, and you get one out of place, then the whole thing falls apart. Uh, actor Erwin Kapoa Fali, who plays this character uh, Ahmad, or Ahmad, yeah, A-M-A-D. Him and Martin start to uh, strike up a bit of a friendship, possibly into something more romantic, and the troubles that come with Thomas from that. It's just a, a solid uh, character study about a character who is self-destructive uh, in his relationships and isn't really aware of his frustrations to these people. As an audience member, we see and identify with him to a certain extent, because he is, you can understand why he would be someone who would be able to get, um, romantic with a lot of people. You know, the opening scene of the film, we see him working on a film as a director, and he is talking to the extras, and he wants things a certain way, and his frustration, but we can, we can just see that he is very good with people and getting what he wants, um, and, but that, you know, at the cost of other people, and, um, Adele Sarkopoulos in the film is very good as well. She has been an actor who, um, the more work that I've seen her in, I think she is just really shown to be a very versatile and unique actor. She's been in, uh, plenty of films in the past couple of years. She kind of hit the scene with, um, uh, what year was it? 2013's Blue is the Warmest Color. Um, which got a lot of talk at Cannes, which is a good film. I know that wasn't her first film, but I think that was the first one that a lot of people, including myself, became aware of her presence. And she's been in other interesting films since. Um, Zero Fucks Given from 2021. Uh, the Five Devils, which is another movie film, which is an interesting film. I think that will need to be rewatched in the future, um, but very interesting. Uh, I actually just watched her recently in the new Quentin Dupuy film, uh, Smoking Causes Coughing. She has a small role in that. Um She's a very good actor. Uh, like I said earlier, she has a charisma that is so uniquely her own, much in the same way that Franz Rogowski does. Uh, this was the first film of both of theirs that I've seen where they both are speaking English. Um, Franz Rogowski is an actor who I am not as familiar with compared to Adele, but I've seen him in a couple of films, and he has always um, just given a really, really memorable performance. He's been in uh, films like um, the one that I like to champion, the film from 2018, In the Isles, where he uh, has very little dialogue in that film, but he has a very memorable performance. And that's a film that uh, the more I've thought about, the more I enjoy so much. And it also has um, that actor, uh, Sandra Hewler, uh, who was in I'm Your Man, which ended up making my favorite films of 20. Um, 21 list and actually she's going to be in a new film that just won the uh the palm d'or anatomy of a fall so that'll that'll definitely be watched and actually connection right back to adele she was in the 2019 film sybil with her which i have not seen yet but is on my watch list but franz rogowski i think it was, it was also in the film transit by uh, christian petzold uh hidden life by um terrence malick um victoria from 2015 which is a uh, terrific film. It's a very ambitious film. It's a one-take thriller 
and it's very, very good. Um, would definitely recommend that if you have not come across that at some point. It, it's, uh, it's over two hours, but it moves at a lightning-fast pace, and um, especially if you're somebody... Actually, oh, it's two and a half hours, my bad. But if you're somebody who's very interested in camera placement and, and keeping it in the shot, then I think that would be a great film to study. Disregard the uh, pauses here. I'm just having my coffee as well. I like to keep myself caffeinated to talk about these films. But the way that Franz, I think the way that, he's, that he says certain words, whether intentional or not, I, I don't know if that's a credit to him or perhaps Ira Sack's direction, uh, it's the way that he inflects certain words uh, has a very um, interesting dialect. He has a very charismatic way of talking, the way he has this sort of lisp, but it's very, very compelling. Like There's one um, piece of dialogue early on that's in the trailer and I really just love the way he says it because it says he's almost got a childlike kind of um, way he goes about it. You know, he's at the bar and um, he's with Ben Winshaw, who doesn't want to dance with him. Adele uh, Agath is, or Agath is uh, right next to him. And Thomas turns to her and he says, he says something like, he's like, it's my party and my husband doesn't want to dance with me. It's the way he says it, the way he is like a, like a higher pitch kind of tone. Uh, it, I just I, I really love that about him. Certain certain dialogue that he says in the film, he's just such a interesting performer, and I think a big part of why the film works is how the three of them are able to play off each other so well and are able to balance these really dramatic sequences without it being melodramatic and never you know divulges into that. It's, you see so many um, films about characters like this that just become shouting matches, and it becomes so. Um, just there's not that not that you know you, you can't you shouldn't have that in a film but i've just seen plenty of films that the drama comes from the characters just yelling at each other and there's no there's a there feels like a disconnect you know that's why i could think of like many great examples of just you know you have like that that great exchange a great exchange at the in the third act of before midnight where you have ethan hawking julie delpy this just just one of uh, the strongest sequences in Richard Linklater's impressive filmography. This is a great dialogue back and forth that feels like a play. Or even um, jumping to another Adele ex Arcopolis film, uh, Blue is the Warmest Color, where you have uh, one of my favorite sequences in that film. Actually, there's two um, sequences in particular where I think the dialogue is really solid and the way that they uh, go about it is... Um, I don't know if I really want to... It's not even as much a spoiler, but they both primarily happen in the third act, but um, Adele and Leah Saido's character have um, emotional dialogue exchanges that feels um, much more real than a, a, perhaps a cliche a, a Hollywood film or a cliche... Uh, um, what sort of looking for? You know, when, you, when you're watching a play, they're projecting a lot because you got to get the guy in the back. But I think what you, when you have the benefit of a film, you're a, you're allotted more subtlety and you're allotted more quieter moments that you can't get from a play, um, and vice versa. You know, there's many. You know, the way that you act on a play is very spontaneous. It has to be, if you have to be in that rhythm of the moment, or else it's not going to work, and the audience is going to see right through it. So there's many, many advantages to doing this sort of dialogue in a film and in a play. But here, I think the way that Iris Sachs directs it, which I think in part of Franz Rogowski's performance, I imagine, would be from Ira's direction. I, which is, Ira Sachs, a filmmaker who I have uh, unconsciously always been aware of, but I have not seen any of his films. 
films. I, I've, I remember when Love is Strange from 2014 came out. I remember when Little Men from 2016 came out. And actually, funny enough, I, I very nearly almost watched um, Little Men about a month or two ago, not even knowing that it was him. Uh, I think I remember his film frankie coming out in 2019 but he is uh 40 shades of blue from 2005 i've always been aware of so i have not seen any of his films this is the first of his work that i've seen and um he's got me very interested it looks like he deals with primarily a lot of romantic um kind of troubled relationships um at least just speculating from from a little that I know of each, but um, Passages, I think, is a highlight of the year, undoubtedly. Great performances all around, solid dialogue, and good pacing, too. I, when it was over, I, I when, when you realize, you know, you're sitting there in the cinema or maybe you're watching at home or whatever it is, and you uh, subconsciously you, you start to realize the film is wrapping up, I, I sat there in the cinema thinking to myself, like, wow, I, I actually, I have been sitting here for about an hour and 40 or so, but I've been so engaged. I'm sorry, like an hour and a half. It's a short film. And, and I've been so engaged with these characters and the lives of these characters and uh, the conclusion I, I, is, is fantastic. I think the final uh, final sequence in the film is, is a really kind of great place to end it. Um, maybe maybe not so much end the story, but end the film. So when the credits come up, you actually, you know, you feel like, all right, you know, these characters have actually gone through something and what will the outcome be afterwards? Who knows, you know, but passages... Um, Keep an eye on that. Keep an eye on the work of all three. Actually, I should say all four of these terrific actors. Franz Rogowski, Ben Wieshaw. I think I've been calling him Winshaw this episode. I do apologize. Ben Wieshaw, Adele Exarchopoulos, and Erwin Capola, or Capua Fali, or Fali. I do apologize. Names aren't my strong suit. Terrific stuff. Terrific stuff right there. Sip of this coffee. It's just so delicious, man. I tell you. Coffee in the afternoon, tea at night. That's the way it goes. A nice Irish or Scottish tea at night. I don't even know what kind of coffee this is I'm drinking. I think it's from Costco. Don't know. Another film. Another terrific film that I watched recently. Another brand new film. Look at that. Well, perhaps brand new. I think this was actually from a couple years ago, but didn't get a physical release until... uh, Within the last year, I believe. I picked this up. Blind Buy. Blu-ray from Terror Vision. And I imagine this is probably still in print. I know Terrorvision have their own... They, they, they are no longer part of the OCN distro on VinegarSyndrome.com. They have their own website where they've been releasing many, many titles and have many titles in the work, a lot, primarily genre fair, um, but with exceptional, with some exceptional films, others that I'm not familiar with, others not so good, but it's a grab bag of titles, and I imagine that you could probably get this on that website. But I wanted to mention a documentary... Uh, that I watched recently, and you guys know how much I love documentaries, and the unofficial tagline I would say when coming to discuss documentaries is that a good documentary can be better than a great film. We've discussed many, many great documentaries on the show. The Bridge, Life of Crime, just uh, um, the Toynbee Tiles, uh, I forgot the name of that one, I do apologize, but you can go back. Anyways, from 2017, directed by Brad Abrahams, starring David uh, Huggins, Love and Saucers, and this is such a fascinating and and compelling film, and if you're sitting here like, man, I only have so much time to watch these films, I, have a, I lead a very busy life, I have no time for nonsense, well, brother, you're in luck, this runs at a brisk, fast 65 minutes, and the Blu-ray is loaded with bonus features, so perhaps you watch the film, and maybe you have a little bit of time left over, and you want to check out those features, including an, an interview with um, 
known artist Robert Crumb. Uh, was a very famous comic book artist, uh, star of the Terry Zwigoff documentary Crumb, which, if you are not aware of, should be on your radar. A very good documentary, very interesting, unique artist of his kid. I watched a little bit of that interview with him commenting sort of on his perspective on David Huggins and uh, his artistry, but I should probably tell you what it's about. David Huggins, who uh, is living in New Jersey, He's 70 years old, and he's, he's a brilliant, at least I feel, he's a brilliant painter. He, his work is so unique, so um, transgressive, uh, uh, frightening at times, just so unique. But he insists that when he was 17, he lost his virginity to an alien woman, and his paintings... He, he talks about how he went aboard the ship and how he met these aliens and um, his paintings are the stories of these times where he met these aliens and he had these surreal dreams about having an alien child and the, the documentary rightfully takes a non-judgmental point of view at this. David Huggins is a guy who is very fascinating. He is a, he, he has all these. If you're a movie, if you're a film fan, he's got all he's got a wall of VHS tapes. Talks about some of his favorite science fiction and horror films like Son of Frankenstein and The Thing from Another World. And he talks about his experiences and um, the 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 thing that I get out of this is that whether or not you actually, I guess this is also a timely documentary with all the UFO rage that's been in the news, which is very cool stuff. I uh, try to keep out of all the news nonsense, um, but that UFO stuff I find so fascinating. So this is a timely documentary for that. Um, but he, what I get out of it is that whether or not you believe him or whether or not you believe in aliens or whether whatever you choose to believe or not to believe, what it comes down to is that David sincerely believes all of this to be true and that is really the only opinion that I think matters his paintings are so surreal and unique and every time they're on screen you just can't get your eyes off the screen there's a part in this film where I talk about a book that he um, published of all of his uh, of many many of his paintings and, and you know I gotta get on that and there's this great time where he's, he's talking about uh, you know one of my favorite uh, parts of the documentary is when he's showing off his paint, his paintings, I'm sorry, at a, uh, at an exhibit in New York. And, um, they're very sexual paintings. There's one where he's, um, uh, like sucking on the breast of like an alien woman. And I've tried to get his PG-13 and he's explaining the story and, and you f- uh, feel for him. It's never, you know, when he's talking about his sadness at, you know, leaving some of them behind and how he felt bad about, he thought he killed this alien baby. It's, it's, he, you, you feel a real kind of um, sympathy for him. He's a guy who has turned these experiences that he's claimed that he's had into these wonderful paintings. And he's turned his life experiences and made them into these just completely unique arts, uh, pieces of art. I would recommend that even if you um, don't get an opportunity to watch the documentary or perhaps you don't think you'll be able to get to it anytime soon, that's okay, we all have our lives, we all have our different situations that we get into where we're not always able to get to what we need to get to, I would recommend at least going on the internet, and you can, I guarantee you can find many of his paintings on there, it's just so fascinating, so eye-catching, you, if you put that in your house, you're gonna, definitely going to get some people who are going to, you know, wa- uh, uh, do a double check of, what What am I looking at, but it's, it's, it's just so cool, man, um, I think this might be streaming somewhere as well. I think this might be on Tubi. 
to my knowledge, because um, I oftentimes I, I struggle to um, compel myself to buy contemporary films, um, and especially blind buy contemporary films. Uh, you know, I've been burned on so many ones, and there's just so many that I just have no need to own. Um, and but but I I was happy that I did buy this one. I, I don't know if I heard about this because of Brian Sauer's recommendation or I bought it around the same time as that, but I, I can't remember if I bought it based off that or if I bought it and then he talked about it because he's talked about this film a number of times and um, it, it's just, he's just made a really compelling, some really compelling points in regards to the film. But this film uh, should definitely be on your radar if you're in- interested in outsider kind of art, outsider kind of artists, uh, transgressive arts, paintings. If you're a fan of any kind of historical paintings or any science fiction, then you should definitely be on this, man. It's like, you know, you go to a museum and you just are surrounded. It's almost like a time machine in a way. You go to a museum and you're surrounded by all this beautiful history around you, you know, from different decades, different centuries, you know. You look at these paintings and just these, the time and the painstaking effort that these artists decided to put into it man they could have done anything else they could have sat down and and put their uh, feelings into writings or they could have done it in music or anything like this but they chose to do it in paintings and a visual kind of medium and it is truly one to um really kind of engage yourself with and find yourself in the context of when was this made why was this made what is the context of what's happening on a on a shallow surface level this photo what what meanings can i derive from this you know it's it's important to kind of surround yourself with this good kind of artistry man get the opportunity you know go to a museum surround yourself with art surround yourself with history um enjoy being with the paintings enjoy being with yourself interpreting these arts as you will. As you will. Sorry, I just had to get a sip there of the coffee. But yeah, Love and Saucers, very good stuff. Definitely one of my favorite things that I've watched this year. Um, I noticed that a lot of those, a lot of the titles don't get released until... uh, a couple of years later, I, I, I bought another documentary a while ago from OCN. Uh, I think it was the Beauty Day. It was about the public access uh, guy who was doing all the crazy stunts and um, uh, kind of the downfall of his uh, public access career. I think that was that was like a 2017 film, I believe, or 2016. And I think that just got a Blu-ray like last year or a year or so ago. Uh, or two years ago. I mean, a lot of these films, if you're, if, you know, if you catch them at a festival, it's one thing. And then you gotta wait for a home release. There's been a couple of films that I've just still been waiting to get uh, releases of. There's a couple, a couple of, uh, like, there's a, a German film right now that came out uh, last year or two years ago that I'm still waiting on a release of. That's currently unavailable to watch anywhere, and I uh, did not get an opportunity to go see it. It was a one time showing, and I missed it. And, uh, I don't regret it because, yeah, I don't. I don't regret anything. You know, it's sort of like, well, I, I could have. I went if I went to that, then I wouldn't have done this other thing. And your life changes. You know, you, you spend your time like this or like that. It's all about how you want to spend it. You shouldn't be worrying about what you should have done instead or this or that. Because brother, it it already happened. You know, you can't go back and undo anything. It happened. You just gotta, you know, you gotta keep going forward and doing what it is you gotta do to. Make your life better. Make your soul better. Make the people around you better. 
and make the coffee better. Actually, that was very good coffee. Actually, I'm, we're closing out the episode, and I got a little bit of coffee left here, so. But those are my two recommendations for the episode. Two contemporary films. Uh, Passages and Love and Saucers. And, uh, like always, I had some other other uh, things I was going to talk about, but time is not on my side for this one, so I'll just have to leave that for another time should I come back to it, but thank you. There we go. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Sorry, I got coffee in my throat. There we go. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Make sure you are doing what it is exactly you need to be doing, getting the job done, working on your passions, on your dreams, making it all come true because no one is going to do it for you. This is your life. Do not waste it with people whom you don't want to associate with or in situations that you don't want to be a part of. Forget all that nonsense. You are the writer, director, one-man crew of your whole life, so only you can make it go in the direction that you choose to. Put in the time, the work, the efforts, It is all in your hands, man. All right. Thank you so much.